This is Namina's Mental Health Mavens, where each week we bring you guests from the mental health, addictions, and holistic care community to talk about different issues and treatment modalities. Now, guest opinions are their own, and some content might be triggering. But in Namina, we work with complex and treatment-resistant mental health and addictions, so we know the importance of making exceptional mental health accessible to everyone. And with that, today's guest is Dan Calco, Clinical Director at Nomina Integrated Health in Winnipeg. Dan is one of only a few ISTDP practitioners here in Canada, and he is joining us today to talk about intensive short-term dynamic psychotherapy. Let's welcome Dan. Welcome back, Dan. I, uh, we're going to talk about ISTDP or intensive short-term dynamic psychotherapy. And I know that you are one of the few practitioners in Canada. So you're probably the best one to explain this form of therapy to us. I wanted to ask what the difference between ISTDP and regular talk therapy is. I guess it's uh, a little bit of the understanding of, of where what the goal is of the talk therapy. And so different modalities have different goals. So like uh, ACT, acceptance and commitment therapy, it's all about getting over the whatever the incident that is causing the issue is accepting it for what it is. And then in that acceptance, there's there's like a, a relief or there's a changing of the, the understanding inside the brain. And it causes less distress or cognitive behavior therapy really helps activate the cognitive part of the brain to help understand things and see patterns. That's something in DBT as well. In ISTDP, one of the things that is uh, fundamental to it is figuring out where emotional processing hasn't happened. So ideally, when we come across a situation and let's say there's an emotion associated with it, a good one or a bad one. And we label them good and bad, but there's no such thing as good and bad emotions. There's just emotions, but pleasant or unpleasant, let's call them whatever we want to call them. That, when it's not experienced in real time, can be put on like a metaphorical shelf or the metaphorical back burner. If it stays there too long, it gets repressed or it can get repressed. When it gets repressed, it's not been processed and it can sit there kind of in the background, potentially causing issues for people. And what ISTDP likes to do is try to figure out what those emotions are for one, experience them for two, and then reconcile them for three, because it's, a, it's like a circular process. You have to feel the emotion, understand the emotion, but then complete the circle for the emotion. If it gets left hanging, if you're always angry about somebody that did something to you in the past, but that compassion piece doesn't complete the circle, it becomes very difficult to move on. And this is where we see a lot of people struggle with wanting to forgive people. Uh, we hear this often is that I want to just forgive this person who wronged me in the past. It's very difficult to forgive somebody if you don't experientially understand the emotions that they generated within you. So I think that's one of the main differences. ISDP goes after really after that kind of trigger emotion that could be last week, but it could also be 40, 50 years ago that caused those emotions and that then it gets repressed within the within the mind and within the body. Okay, so what types of things then you mentioned anger, what else would it be really good for besides forgiveness and that kind of healing? So it's it's really good at understanding emotions that are repressed, like I said, and any emotion can get repressed. And that's one of the hard things a lot of people 
struggle to conceptualize is that you can repress good or positive emotions. And that becomes very difficult because everyone's like, no, I just love everybody. It's, no, I just, I feel good all the time. I'm happy all the time. But it becomes more of that kind of counterintuitive piece where it's having negative emotions towards someone you hold in positive regard or counter to that, having positive emotions towards somebody you might hold in negative regard. Those are the things that becomes very hard for the brain to conceptualize. But what we know is that we, it's a spectrum. So even the person that you dislike or the person that harmed you, if that person is a loved one, you can see how that conflict can happen, where if a loved one harmed you in the past, it might be hard to either hold negative emotions towards that person when you think about that person, even though they may be justified, or vice versa, positive emotions towards somebody who wronged you, um, because those are counterintuitive. And um, it really comes into having a holistic understanding of how you feel about somebody. And what we call those is complex feelings because they are complex, right? When you have a, a long-term standing in intimate relationship or a parental relationship, it becomes very difficult to hold sometimes all of those emotions together in like maybe like one ball. I often use the example of like, it's like a plasticine, a ball made out of different colors of, of Play-Doh or plasticine. They just get slapped on top of each other. It's like a multicolored ball and each one of those different colors is an emotion. And that's complex emotions. But when the ball is all red or all blue or all green or whatever color you want to signify emotion, that can create an unhealthy thought pattern. But also all of those other colors are somewhere, right? They're, they still exist. They're just not being looked at, focused at, and acknowledged. And that can cause problems for people. I could see this being good for childhood trauma or going through a divorce situation. Yeah. Anywhere there's a chance for complex feelings, and even in in cases where there aren't um, pre-existing relationships, like, for example, um, there's a case of a client that uh, was hit by a drunk driver, and so there is no pre-existing relationship between them and that person. But you can imagine there would be a whole bunch of emotions going towards the person who hit them as a drunk driver. But that doesn't mean that there aren't complex emotions around those people because we all know people to be more than just a singular act or a singular uh, experience or a singular interaction. And that compassion comes in and goes, what are those other elements that made that person the person they are today? And that's where you can still get those complex feelings coming together because nobody is purely evil and nobody's purely good. Those don't exist except maybe in movies and books. So how would it look then in terms of the therapy sessions themselves. So say, for example, because I know a woman who's really struggling uh, with her feelings towards her father, because she grew up with an alcoholic father and mm -hmm. um, has these, yeah, it just, so how would that look if she was ready to deal with that? So it, it's, it's kind of hard to prescribe or describe what it would look like because it's different for everybody. And there's different elements. Um, the, before I'll answer that question, it's helpful for people to know is that, the subconscious part of our brain, the ancient part of our brain that sits in the back of our head, is our protector. It protects us against physical threats, but it also protects us against emotional threats. And it has a whole bunch of different tools at its disposal to help us avoid like the emotions that we're trying to avoid, those, those ones that, they, that the, the subconscious has deemed as bad. Like I said, they could be positive, it could be negative, it doesn't matter. They're bad according to the way, or they're a threat according to our subconscious. And so it has a whole bunch of different ways of avoiding 
anything to do with that emotion. And so, um, uh, using deflection, using, um, uh, intellectualization, using distraction, using, uh, substances. These are all tools that the subconscious will utilize to avoid thinking about the complex emotions associated with, in your example, this person's father. And so a session, a typical session really involves the therapist feeling out the client in terms of what are their pre-existing patterns and what are the defenses that they use or their subconscious uses to avoid those emotions. And that can be a short process and it can be a, a longer process depending on how long the trauma or the, the situation has persisted for because it's kind of like an onion, right? The, if you think about the center of the onion being the the event or the emotion or the trauma, whatever you want to call it, the longer that event has gone on, the more layers you have of that onion that that pr- protect that person from the painful memory, let's say, or the painful experience or the emotional experience inside that. And so what we find, not always, but what we find is sometimes the longer the event has gone on, the more layers, the more established defenses, the stronger it is, the more efficient it is. So really the the session with the therapist, the ICDP therapist, really focuses on trying to figure out how people feel feelings, which is the main one. And if they don't, what do they do? Because there's really three options that you can present when you interact with somebody. You can feel a feeling. You can avoid a feeling with anxiety or you can use a defense. And those are the main the three main elements that therapists are looking for when they're dealing with a client to figure out what's going on. And if they feel feelings, great. Maybe they just need a little bit of help uh, fully impacting or fully feeling the impact of those feelings. If it's anxiety, well, the anxiety sends that emotional energy somewhere else in the body. And if you've ever experienced anxiety or if anybody has experienced anxiety in the past, it can be very distracting. Right, the panic attacks, the the tingling in the chest, the tightness in the throat, the stomach, the the butterflies, sometimes tingling, and the like. It can be very distracting for people. And if you think about it and conceptualize it from that perspective of it's a defense, if you're not supposed to feel love to an abusive father, let's say that love is the the avoided emotion or the one that the subconscious has deemed as 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 bad. Well, then anxiety over here is like super distracting and you're never going to be able to go towards that feeling because you're always feeling anxiety. And then the last one is defense. You might intellectualize, you might deflect, you might uh, you might switch topics, right? There's a bunch of different ways that the subconscious can try to to trick the other person, kind of like it's not doing it on purpose. Like it sounds manipulative, but it's just the subconscious trying to put space between that subject and what's going on right now so they'll start talking about something else so they'll start uh start uh on with another story that might be related it might sound related but it's not actually related and so it's very nuanced and everybody has a different way of doing it and that's where a skilled istdp therapist will be able to kind of block off those things and be like well how do you feel towards your father when he does something like that for example would be a question and the response would be one time when we were at disney world my mom did a bunch of other stuff and that could be like um, seen as a normal conversation because parents, we're talking about parents and maybe the mom, the mother has a, a part to play too, most, most probably because parents both have uh, parts to play in the upbringing of children. But the topic was the feelings towards the father at, let's say, a specific um, example. The mother could be a deflection. And that's where a skilled ICD therapist will say, okay, that's great. 
maybe make a note that this is something we want to get back to later and then refocus back onto that. And oftentimes that will deflect or disarm that one way of trying to deflect. Now the brain of that person, the subconscious of that person needs to pick a different defense to try to protect itself from that feeling. And this is basically what goes on in the session, uh, standard ISTP session is feel the feelings. If not, why? Let's figure out why they're trying not to feel the feelings. Let's see if we can disarm that together because it's very collaborative. Let's disarm that together. Let's try not to do that together and then focus back on what we're doing. Yeah. That, that's one of the things that about IST that I've, I've heard and I love is that as a therapist, you're watching, you're engaged. It's not like a lot of talk therapy where you're just throwing out a different tools or you're, you're in there with the client. Yeah, it's, it's very dynamic. Just, just kidding. <laughs> but the dynamic comes from psychodynamic, but um, but still, it is very kind of interactive. It's very in the moment because what we know is that those um, responses get activated with others. So the subconscious will learn a very efficient way of of let's say creating space between somebody on an emotional level, and so it remembers how efficient it is and now it utilizes it everywhere and this is where we see patterns in relationships where people will enter relationships and not understand why they keep doing the same thing over and over and over again it's because the subconscious has learned that it's very effective to avoid that feeling of of sadness or or loss or grief or or anger or happiness even or love it, it goes okay well i'm going to do these things or i'm going to find these people with these qualities and i'm going to continue in this pattern because it is safe. It feels like there's control there, at least on a subconscious level. But at the conscious level, people are like, why do I, why do, I do this? I don't understand. I just want to have a healthy, happy relationship, but I keep keep uh, getting into relationships with people who hurt me or who dismiss me or who whatever. And then that's the part where we're trying to link the conscious with the subconscious. And it's, it's, it's like you said, very active. Um, and our subconscious speaks to us in many different ways. It speaks through word choice. It speaks through facial expression. It speaks through body language. And that's where ICP therapists are trained to look at the, the whole package, the whole perspective, and figure out what the subconscious is trying to communicate versus what the conscious is allowing out. Yeah, that, that's the fascinating part to me. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, and it's, it's the part that makes, uh, at least for me as a therapist, it makes it always interesting because you never know what's going to come up next. It's not very, so there's a framework, but it's not very prescribed. So you can sit down with somebody and, and you can delve into childhood trauma from almost infancy, or you can be talking about something that happened last week or today. And another thing that's really interesting and different, that a lot of people don't expect with ISTDP is that the relationship in between the client and the therapist is also an example of those those that relationship template that exists that that avoidance per, perhaps template that exists and so ICP therapists are trained to utilize the relationship in the room to explore these feelings because it's not about us we are just like a proxy for all of those people in the past and we play that role we fill that role in the moment and so feelings towards the therapist are often very valid and we'll explore them and we'll go, well, how are you feeling towards me right now as I ask you this difficult question? And you can explore positive and negative and adaptive and maladaptive mechanisms for feeling relationships in the here and the now. It's very different than a lot of therapies, which they don't tend to want to do that. 
It always fascinates me how our brains work and that we, you know, these things happen and they create these patterns and these mechanisms within us. Yeah. And, and when you're trained to see them, at least from the perspective that I operate from, you can see them and you can start to, to, to dial them backwards and figure out, okay, where did this come from? Okay. You start to conceptualize in your brain and then you work together to figure out, okay, well, where is this emotion towards me coming from? And it might be, it might be a power dynamic because people enter therapy and in their brains, they create like a hierarchy, right? The therapist is here and I'm here, or maybe it's vice versa. Maybe they think that they're here and the, the therapist is here. And when in fact, in actuality, it's like, it's, it, we're trying to work together, but that, that, that power dynamic might harken back to a time where they were in that a superior or inferior position and the brain will utilize those elements and like I said, use that template and go, hey, I'm in a submissive position right now, and therefore I'm going to do A, B, C, and D uh, because it's easy, it's safe, and I totally understand. But then when the therapist calls it out and says, hey, do you notice you're doing blah, 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 that is no longer able for the subconscious to be used as a defense because now it's, in, it's pushed into the conscious realm. And the conscious realm goes, huh, I didn't realize that I was doing that becomes much harder for the subconscious to use that tool. And now the subconscious kind of, it sometimes stamps its feet and gets really angry and goes, well, what do I do now? And it has to figure something else out. And that's where, again, we start to figure out where did it go? And at some point it runs out of defenses and it doesn't really have many options and it's forced to feel feelings, the subconscious is anyways. And when it feels feelings, now we can get into where those feelings are because they're rarely about the therapist. They're, they're almost always linked to a figure from the past and then that will actually change conceptually in their brain in terms of if they're feeling an emotion towards, let's say, me as a therapist. And let's say, well, let's pick an emotion. Let's say it's anger. They feel anger towards me as a therapist. In their brain, at some point, the visual image will change. And it's no longer me. It'll be a person from the past, a father, a brother, a mother, a, an uncle, a, a friend, a, a teacher, whatever. And it's, it's very fascinating to see that switch happen because the brain is just using the therapist as a as a proxy to to explore that emotion but really the underlying that uh place that kernel or that center of that onion is somewhere else and uh i've heard that this is especially good for treatment resistant mental health disorders yeah and so this the one of the reasons that makes it really good at being treatment resistant or at at helping people that have treatment resistant disorders is because it doesn't focus on all of the other things that they do all around. Again, it, it identifies a lot of those behaviors as defenses. So um, conceptualizing something like addiction or substance use as a defense, as opposed to the problem, changes the focus. Because if you conceptualize um, addiction as the central part of your um, uh, case conceptualization, and you're going to focus in on on that, let's say, or it could be anxiety, or it could be depression, it doesn't have to be, it could be one of those things. ICDP sees those as symptoms, and those symptoms are just an avenue to try to get into what is actually in the middle, triggering all of these different symptoms. So it it kind of bypasses through a lot of the, the stuff that sometimes other people focus on, which can be very helpful. Focusing on anxiety, focusing on those things can be very helpful and give a lot of benefit to other people. But for treatment resistant, it's become so efficient for the client or the patient that it's almost so distracting that it its job is to help to focus people on that because over here is the problem. So if they focus on some other issue over here, 
the problem is not being addressed. And that's exactly what the subconscious wants, that it's doing its job. RSTDP has a way of being able to slide around it or slide through it or slip past it and go right to the very core of, of those things. And those defenses now are trying to work overtime to try to figure it out. But really what we're doing is we're addressing the underlying cause. Well, and maybe quickly you can define treatment resistant in case there's anyone that doesn't quite understand what that is. Yeah, so there are different definitions of treatment resistant, but oftentimes it's people who have tried to get help through the medical system, various medical and mental health system for a certain amount of time. And and I don't think there's a prescribed amount of time, but it hasn't given them the results that they're looking for. So longstanding depression, people who've had depression for for months and years, people who have had uh, chronic conditions for significant periods of time, and there's no answer from, let's say, the medical or the psychological community to say, this is the cause. Um, And so people who struggle and who have, these people have usually gone through multiple therapists, multiple modalities, doctors, psychologists, psychiatrists, and many different types of medications, all to no effect or to minimal effect. And that's when they start to, we could start to define them or categorize them as treatment resistant. So when nothing else has worked, maybe try ISTDP. Yeah. And like there's certain, um, certain conditions too that tend to be more treatment resistant, like borderline personality disorder tends to be labeled just on its own as a treatment-resistant condition in the same way that narcissistic personality disorder is as well. Uh, so they become very difficult to deal with, and ISTDP can be helpful at cutting into that underlying cause because it is a personality disorder, and what we know about personality is most of its formation is done in, the, in that early childhood and adolescent period. Oh, so so ISTDP could be helpful for treating narcissism and borderline then. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think there's there's a difference between narcissistic personality disorder and narcissism. Narcissism can also be a defense a, a, uh, against those emotions, right? Those repressed emotions. So it could be a narcissistic trait or narcissistic uh, behaviors as opposed to narcissistic personality disorder. There's a difference or there can be a difference. And what we know and what we've seen and a lot of research supports is that the rise of social media has increased those narcissistic tendencies um, for better or for worse. But it tends to to be um, seen as a negative for a lot of people. Um, And that egocentric view becomes great at creating separation between the self and the other in terms of a relationship, relationship type relationship or an emotional type relationship. I've seen that a lot. People don't like the way they feel. So they jump on social media or a dating site or something like that. They just want to use that um, positive affirmation to feel better, to feel good. Or or sometimes they use it in a negative way where they will bring people down, right? They'll, there's a lot of uh, social media personalities that get horrible, horrible messages from people despite how they look. They could be the fittest, tallest, most beautiful person in the world, they still get ragged on. And oftentimes this becomes a co-regulation piece, which is a little bit outside the realm of this video. But if I feel bad and I make you feel bad, at least then I'm justified and we feel bad together. Or when you get mad at me, now I can justify feeling bad. Like it's a, it, Again, it's all about relationships and emotional relationships. And when we're able to call it out and go, what are you feeling right now? Or how do you feel? we can really dive into that. Another part that I didn't mention as well of ISTDP that's very important and kind of links to that subconscious is that 
we feel emotions in our body and that's it's called somatic experiencing or there's there's a whole therapy called somatic experiencing and we experience those physically in our body and there's a great um great uh, study that mapped i think 108 different emotions and there's a there's a great graphic that i like to show to a lot of clients and and patients where it shows where certain emotions sit uh, and maybe we can link that to the to this video at the bottom yeah but it's very helpful for people who don't have the greatest connection, the greatest mind-body connection in being able to know what they feel or what they're feeling at the moment. That's one of the things that ICDP helps as well is creating a real-time connection between the, the thinking mind and the feeling body for people to be able to say, I am feeling blank right now. I am feeling happy. I am feeling sad. I am feeling angry. And this, these emotions if you know where they sit and you can know where your energy is at, where your emotional energy is at, let's say it's like in your chest and it's like a cannon that's going to pop out, but you're not connected with it. Now that you realize that maybe anger sits in the chest, now you can be like, hey, I'm angry. And that's one of the first steps in regaining control over emotions and not letting them run away with you. Yeah, that would be, I wish I would have known this when I was going through my grief process because talk therapy alone didn't work. And I did the somatic experience and I loved it, but I really felt like I needed to talk a little bit more through those emotions. So it sounds like ISTVP kind of smashes the two together. Yeah, they're kind of like mixed together. And and I think they're both valid. Like talk therapy is valid. It's very important. The efficacy is there. And the somatic experiencing is great as well because it creates that mind-body connection. And and we really want that because um, it allows us to be able to delve into those emotions. Because if you can feel the emotion and we can draw it up in the session, then that makes it a lot easier for the therapist and the client to look at it together and go, where is this coming from? What does it want to do? Oftentimes, our emotions have physical triggers to them or physical outlets and and this is another part of ICP therapy that becomes different for a lot of people is that in ICP we encourage that emotion and oftentimes people will imagine like a warm feeling of love comes over them and they want to hug or they want to help or repair or fix people or or heal them or even bring them back from the dead right this love feeling will can be conceptualized in their brain in real time to want to act and we can imagine that and bring that to its logical conclusion in the same and in the same way anger or sadness can exist as well and sometimes anger can be extremely violent right and that anger when it sits there and it festers can get worse can get stronger and stronger and stronger but then it needs to be repressed more and more and more and that's where we see people who get worse in terms of their presentation Maybe something that started off with uh, uh, a glass of wine before bed every night is now two glasses, is now four glasses, and now waking up with one is now drinking constantly throughout the day because that anger is festering and it's getting stronger and stronger. And it requires a stronger um, control. It requires a stronger avoidance mechanism. And that's where we can see people getting worse in terms of their symptomology yeah, it's just their subconscious using the tool that it has. It's just dialing up the volume. It's going from one to two to three to 10. And then when it hits 10, it's got to find something else. And, and maybe it switches from alcohol to some sort of drug or a harder drug or some some um, behavioral process changes. So it's it, the subconscious is just doing its best. But that's where we want to try and figure out what the actual emotion is and work on that. Yeah. 
Fascinating. Anything that you wanted to add in closing? Um, I think for anybody who's looking for our ISTDP um, and has done therapy in the past, uh, just go in with uh, kind of an open mind and, and understanding that it may be different from the process that you're used to. And I think leaning into that and kind of trying to understand or, or convince yourself that it's a good thing will be helpful because that helps the relationship, the therapeutic relationship, uh, both on a conscious and a subconscious level. Um, because really, ISTP works if both parties are working together to figure it out. And we kind of work together to understand what the subconscious is trying to do. And it's better if we both identify and disarm it. The, those results are better. There's a, um, a lot of people come into therapy and they go, I never expected this. I, I didn't think that this was supposed to happen. Or oftentimes I'll hear, uh, I don't want to feel anger. I was reworking really hard to feel, to, to not feel anger towards this person in my past. But unfortunately that leans into the subconscious, which also doesn't want to feel that anger. So being open to new experiences and new mechanisms, mechanisms of trying to, to process and understand emotion is very helpful when you come into that session and go, I'm ready and willing to, to look at this because I know it's hurting me over here. I, I want to be well over here, but I know my subconscious is, is over here doing its best, but ultimately hurting me. Let's work together to figure it out. And it may be unpleasant. Right? Feeling emotions from the past may be unpleasant. And, but also feeling pleasant emotions from the past might be nice, and it might be a nice change. Oftentimes people focus on the negative only or only on the positive. And this is a very balanced perspective. Where we, want, we want all of the emotions because that plasticine model that I described at the beginning, that's our understanding of, of others, but also ourselves too. And that's a whole other video. But, but we want to we wanna make sure that we encourage that, that multifaceted understanding of others. So that would be my, my, my parting points. Okay. Well, thank you, Dan. Now you're clinical director of Nomina in Winnipeg. So I'm going to list your contact information if anyone wants to get in touch with you. And then your, your wife, Lisa, also does ISTDP and she's out in British Columbia. So I can list all of her or your information as well. Cause uh, yeah, I don't know of many ISTDP practitioners in Canada. There's an organization uh, that lists ISTDP practitioners in Canada and North America, I think worldwide as well. So uh, I can also send you that. Um, if somebody is looking for one in their respective town, um, then maybe they'll be able to find one. But you're right. It's a very small number of people in the world that do ISTDP. Um, I think it's growing. There's a, there's a push to, to try to train more therapists uh, in this modality because it, it is very effective. There's a lot of research out there. Before we, we started this video, I was doing a bunch of research on the efficacy and and cost savings, actually. One of the things that they showed was that ISTDP can save anywhere between forty dollars and $100,000 in therapy costs over the lifespan of, of an individual because it's intensive and it's short-term, right? So, so, so that's one of the things that can be very helpful is that you may pay more per session up front, but instead of needing 200 or 400 sessions over the course of your life, you may only need 40 or 60 or 100 right like that cost savings will be realized over the the long-term span of somebody's experience in their life um, but i do know that because of the dedicated training and the highly specialized nature of it uh, it's it's, just, it's expensive to learn um the therapists tend to charge a little bit more all right
Yeah. Well, thank you again, Dan. No problem. And as I said, we'll link everything below in the description and the show notes for the podcast. Perfect. Thanks, Joanne.